Okay. Welcome back to the Zelosophy Podcast. We got a couple of great guests today. Um, really cool conversation that if you're into metaphysical stuff, you're going to love. Before I introduce them, though, and tell you a little bit more about them, uh, I've got a couple announcements to make. So Zelosophy TV with Uncle Z and Friends, the pilot episode is done. I just wrote it, directed it, shot it, edited it all in a week, and it's going to be up on YouTube probably probably by the time this is live. It will be live on YouTube. If not by that time, certainly very close to that time. So go to the Zelosophy YouTube channel and look for Zelosophy TV with Uncle Z and friends. You'll see the pilot. I also tonight at some point I got to go cut up a trailer in case you don't have 20 minutes to watch the full episode. Also, on March 21st, I am going to be at the Tennessee State Museum in Nashville. Uh, some wonderful people down there have hired me, Lisa Spells and Manuel Delgado of Delgado Guitars, who's one of the best acoustic guitar makers in the country. They heard about me through some mutual friends, and we're doing a talk at the Tennessee State Museum on Saturday, March 21st, and the concept is going to be based around harmony. So we're going to do some musical stuff and talk about how when we play different instruments and we scream at each other through instruments, it doesn't sound too good. But when we play together and we harmonize, it sounds good. And that's a metaphor for life, right? Maybe we should stop screaming at each other and we should listen more and sing together. So that's that. Those are the two announcements. Uh, today's guests are Sarah Green and Jason West, and they are with Meta Lighthouse in Sturbridge, Mass., and they are um, psychic consultants, and they are very interesting people. They've got these amazing gifts, and they help identify and um, cultivate young kids who have sort of empathic and psychic abilities, and they're doing really great work sort of combining spirituality and science. And so you're going to hear lots about that coming up right now with Sarah and Jason. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to them. Welcome back to the Zelosophy Podcast. We got a fun one today, uh, as you heard in the intro, that I haven't recorded yet, so I'm not sure what I said there. Uh, but <laughs> we've got <laughs> Saranda, aka also known as Sarah, and Jason here with us in the studio. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you for having us, Thanks Michael. For having us, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you're here. And we're going to talk about uh, a program you've got called Meta Lighthouse. And you're both uh, psychics, and you're working on bringing this sort of metaphysical world together and mean crossing it with science, right? That's sort of the basics I know. For people out there that are listening, I don't often or ever do uh, pre-interviews with my guests. I like to get to know them on air so it's more authentic. So that's what we're doing here. So if it sounds like I'm uninformed, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so we can just go from there and, and start there. So uh, yeah, what do you guys want to talk about today? What's on your mind? Well, you're exactly right. We're, we're an organization that's come together to bridge um, the metaphysics with physics and science and to offer more solutions to areas that perplex humanity. Yeah, and we'll get into some of the predictions that you've made in the past that, that uh, happened to come true. Uh, not all of them great ones, but... Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, it is what it is, right? And, right. And Sarah, any lead-in words that you have? Well, <clears throat> I'm coming from a very uh, 
conservative background. I grew up in um, a Baptist church, um, very involved. So my psychic abilities were not something that I talked about with, with anybody, right. to tell you the truth. Right. Um, until how, it, how young were you when you knew that something was different about you? Um, as far as I can remember, I think my first, um, my first psychic experience that I can remember is when I was about three years old. I was with my mother and my sister, who was a baby at the time. I remember my mother had her in a carriage, and there was a woman standing behind my mother, beautiful, blonde woman. And I was communicating with her, and I just thought that she was, you know, that was normal, that everybody Right, <laughs> that everybody saw, saw those things. Saw, right. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things I learned on my journey is that's pretty common for two to three years, up, up until you're about two or three that these imaginary people that you see are maybe mm. not so imaginary at all. They're spirits that, because you're so new here, that you're so in contact with the spirit world where we came from, mm. that you can still see them right. and talk with them. And then that gets stripped away as we go through exactly. life. Exactly, right. when you go to kindergarten. and Yeah, yeah. when you start to get, get into the real world and they, they mm-hmm. condition you to fit in, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, a lot of this stuff is, is going to be out there for some of the listeners, but that won't be different to them. I've had... Uh, I had uh, Laura, Laura, um, Laura Habig on the show, who was a um, energy worker and does mm. like really high level spiritual healing through mm. channeling uh, archangels, basically. Uh, and also another friend of mine, David Schock, who's into all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't, I don't think you met him at the Scott Walter thing. So, yeah, I met you guys through Scott Walter mm-hmm. when mm. he was in town a few weeks ago. Um, and then just again to sort of recap my experience here. So I'll go into it in a little more detail in the introduction. But basically, the the moment I realized that something else was going on here, I was in Spain on a trip with my mom. We did the Camino del Santiago. And um, we did the old people's version. We were on a bus, <laughs> and I was the youngest by like 30 years. <laughs> but it was still an amazing, and uh, oddly enough, not coincidentally, there were 12 of us on the bus, plus the guide was 13, and that was interesting. So there, mm. were, there were tons of things going on that week like that. Mm. And I won't go into all of them because it'll eat up all the time, and we won't get to hear about you guys. But at the very end of that trip, I went off by myself. It was a cloudy day on this tiny little village road in, Sp- in the middle of Spain, and I just looked up at the sky and said silently to myself in my head, I don't know what's going on, but this has been an amazing spiritual trip. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God at that moment, the clouds parted, and there was a ring about 20 feet of sunlight that just shone straight down on me. Mm-hmm. And I felt this feeling that almost knocked me over of you're welcome. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I stopped and went, wait a second, that's mm-hmm. real? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That really just happened because I'm here. There's no one else here mm-hmm. convincing me that that happened. That just happened, and I'm completely sober. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, wow, what else is real Right. that we haven't been told about? Right. And that started my journey, as I told you guys briefly before we went on air, and I eventually, through my sister, got into went and met with a medium, and then many of those predictions that they told me came true, and mm. so I went to other psychics astrologers, past life regression. So I dove into this whole world headfirst, and it's really the thing, the the fuel that allowed me to change careers from being mm. in the music business to doing what I do now, this podcast, writing the book, Philosophy on Golf, and developing this new TV show. 
Philosophy TV with Uncle Z and friends. So mm. for the recap of my fans out there, that's how <laughs> this fits in with me. So now um, I'll shut up for a little while. And let's – so how did uh, – you told a great story there, Sarah, about how you started. And um, Jason, when did you first find figure out that you had some sort of gift that was not – quote unquote normal you know um for me uh similar to, to sarah's um stories is um having uh my first recollection was having some visitation from um a feminine uh, being of some sort when i was very young uh and i remember waking my mother up um and her coming in and and kind of counseling me and my uh, uh story is that i was uh, kind of born into an unusual family by the way of um, they kind of um, as best as they could fostered these these metaphysical ideologies and uh, you know and there was history in my family going back of how they <clears throat> kind of used it to get by even in the times of the depression there were relatives that used it so that was kind of hidden from me at a very young age but my mother was the first one to, you know, show me certain things young. And um, it just led up to a time when I was about 13 that I uh, saw this deck of cards. And I just, um, I knew I had to have them. Hmm. And, um, you know, I had just a little bit of money in my pocket and I had brought them home. And I was looking at them on my bed and my mom came in the room and <clears throat> she had said at that point, I would not show you these unless you brought it to my attention. And then she started huh. to show me um, the cards. Um, and then that was the beginning of my journey. And was that, that was a tarot deck? Of it cards? was a tarot deck. Yeah. It was the Rider Waite tarot. Um, and uh, my mother, many, many, many years later, gave me her deck, which was a, a rider weight, but it was out of print and it was special. It was at a time prior to uh, the ones I had. Interesting that she was had sort of already been exposed to this world and knew about it and didn't share it with you until you asked. Yeah. Um, uh, you know knock and and the door shall be opened there it <laughs> right. is right. <laughs> <laughs> so um well all right so now you guys have this thing called mental lighthouse what is it what is it it's <laughs> it's such a big thing it's really hard to describe and um just well, we're gonna have one to ask conversation you to try. <laughs> but i'm gonna do my best <laughs> Um, maybe we should start with how Jason and I met. Yeah, that's because a good one. that's it's pretty fascinating. Great. That'll tell you how we came to uh, start this organization. So Jason tells a story of how he he really grew up in a family that supported a family of psychics, and they were very open about their abilities. Mm. And I grew up in a family where it was demonized, really. Yeah. Um, so I never talked about it. It was something I really kept hidden away. In fact. I was even nervous about the word psychic and about sure. the tarot, even though I myself was psychic and having these experiences. So it was really, really strange. Mm. But um, it was about eight years ago, a friend of, I was having some depression and kind of struggling in my life. And a friend of mine 
um, suggested that I see Jason for a tarot reading. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. And finally, I, I did it with trepidation. I sat down at his table, and it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Yeah. Um, so that's how we met. He gave me a reading. He told me so many things about myself that I, he would never have known what otherwise. What was the biggest thing that you got out of that session? Um, if you had one takeaway. One takeaway, that I have guides with me. Mm. That directed me to Jason. Yeah. That have been directing me in every stage of my life. Right. Um, that was the most comforting feeling. Yeah. Um, and when we finally met, it was as if, you know, we had known each other um, yeah. forever. Yeah. And that was the beginning of our journey. Right. Um, what I should probably say, too, is we actually had visions of one another when we were children. Whoa. So we were having these. <laughs> this is I mean, great stuff. I, I'm going to speak for myself, but I, I'm kind of speaking for the both of us because we were having um, interdimensional experiences, shall I say, or uh, experiences with other beings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Was so strange for me growing up, and part of the reason why I couldn't talk about it with anyone because I knew no one would believe me. Right. Um, so I met Jason, and it took a couple of readings for us to realize that, you know, we had connected prior, um, but we were having the same experiences as children mm. with these beings, and um, they asked us to start an organization, um, and this is the lighthouse wow. that we're talking about, right. and That's great. the reason for it is to um, bridge science and spirituality, but also to gather together children of light who are also known as empaths or other psychics, mediums, Mm -hmm. intuitives, Mm -hmm. um, and build a place for them that would support them and teach them how to understand who they are and why they're here. Right. Um, And it resonated so much with me because I needed that as a kid, and Mm. I needed it as an adult. I mean, I was in my 40s. Yeah. You know, finding all this out. Right. Um, yeah, so me too. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an empath, and I told you guys off air, I didn't know that until I was 40. And when I learned that, I thought, man, I wish I knew that when I was a kid. That explains so much. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I read one of those. Um, uh, so my, I have a similar story with one of my friends. It's past life regressionist Michael Brown, who's in Sedona. And when we met for the first time, we hadn't had visions of each other, but we kind of looked at each other like, it feels like we're brothers. Some soul recognition. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. that, you know, again, that's a weird feeling because we don't talk about that. Again, the whole point of this conversation is that there's so much of the stuff that goes on that we don't talk about. Right. right. This is, we need to talk about it because, as I told you guys off air, you can choose to believe in this stuff right. or not believe in this stuff. That has no effect on whether it's true or not. Exactly. Right. So we have choices in our beliefs, and I think that we need to choose wisely. And yes. We need to explore. You touched on religion being one of those things. And I even recently had a friend say this to me who's a, a devout Catholic. You know, you need to be careful with the dark arts. And I mm. thought, well, so do you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> really? Don't we all, you know, so anybody can have this great power and they can choose to use it for good for purposes. For dark or, or bad for purposes. light. That's, That's right. right. Yes. And, and the evidence of these choices is, is always in the 
seeds they cast and the things that grow. So you can always separate light from dark from the uh, things that are built and the things that are established. Right. And when you look at the metaphysical community uh, in the children of light, uh, what's missing in this uh, space is the things created. You know, as a child, you could, as a child for me, for example, there's all these institutions and churches, but I could never get help in those places because it was always judgment and it was always sure. made to feel lesser than. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I've grown with the gift and try to understand it every day more and more, you know, there's a responsibility factor. And, and sure. as a matter of fact, um, these skills and abilities come from the same God that these institutions have put together. 100%. And when they, when they talk about, for example, when they bring out their textbooks, whether it's the Bible or the Quran or any of these old documents, um, it's just a transfer of language. So right. the high priest or the person prophet is nothing more than a psychic because it's nothing more than channeling right. and using telepathy to help these institutions. Right. So there is no necessary and what they difference. what they hid from the masses for many, many years, and they still try to, but until very recently people are waking up, right, is that, you know, God is inside each of us. Yeah. That's right? right. If you believe in God, then you then God is everywhere and everything. That's yes. right, Michael. Right? That's so, right. Um, this is the point is that we mm -hmm. all have uh, incredible power that we don't really pay attention. Well, most of us don't pay attention to right. so that. Again, that's what the conversation is about for everybody to look, whether it's a psychic ability or some other gift that you're given by this thing we call right. God or spirit or consciousness yeah. or any other human word we choose to use to describe something that's way beyond human <laughs> mm -hmm. comprehension. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we all have gifts, and my belief is that those gifts are meant to be used for good and to That's spread right. light to each other, yeah. as That's you guys right. talk about. But you mentioned children of light, too, and, and to me, that's an important one, because when I learned that I was an empath at the age of 40, five years ago, um, I quickly realized that I have at least three of my nieces and nephews are empaths. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, for years, I've been telling my siblings about this, and then, you know, over the last couple of years, they finally really started to comprehend it and absorb it and realize that, yeah, there's something different going yes. on right. with, with these children, right? Yes. They have different abilities, and they yes. feel things differently, and they take on energy and all this stuff. So um, when I met you guys, that was one of the really cool things to me, is you have this empath support group mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that... It's just basically like, oh, you know, you go to this group of people that are like you, and you, you talk about these things that you feel and you see, and yes. and that there are differences. You know, these people that have those abilities are, you know, I for my whole life as a kid, I always felt different, and all I wanted to do in high school was be normal. Yeah. But I knew, uh, you know, on some level, I knew that I could never be normal because I just, I mean, we all, every single one of us sees things differently, mm -hmm. right? We're billions of different viewpoints of mm -hmm. the same thing yep. or similar things. Um, but, you know, for those with psychic abilities or empathic abilities, you know, you really feel really weird. You and, do. Yes, and different you do. And, and you do. And you feel like you're the only one. Right. Which is um, why we're talking about right, it. Right. But at least people. now the, there is a conversation out there. Yeah. And the word empath is becoming more common. Right. Whereas when we were growing up, yeah, um, 
was. I didn't even you know. know we word. just we just <laughs> thought we were weird. <laughs> right. You know, and no one liked us. You know, so it's it's the super sensitive empath that thinks that mm-hmm. the world, you know, doesn't understand them and they don't fit in, and and it really can cause depression and. For sure. Anxiety. And so what are yeah. the, you know, I know them because I've read these. you got for people out there, you can Google empath and they'll, you'll find lists of characteristics. But That's why right. don't you guys touch on some of the characteristics of an empath and what that is so that people out there can sort of start to get an idea. Sure. Anybody that considers themselves intuitive, um, anyone who wants to help others. So, you know, a lot of empaths will be caregivers, healers, um, are just sensitive, you know, they cry easily, they laugh easily, um, usually they're self, self-deprecating. Um, Jason, you want to add uh, to that? Just, you know, they're, they're uh, also very wise and mm. clever. Solution-oriented. Uh, Solution-oriented. They're, they're really good inventors, they're great artists, great musicians. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people in the arts, whatever attribute they're expressing it in, are usually going to be empathic. But they're extremely sensitive to vibrations, and they're extremely sensitive to people and situations of energy. And um, so we realized that while we were uh, channeling with these beings that we uh, work with, uh, they brought it to our attention about uh, building a situation for uh, gathering empaths and helping us to channel these steps uh, to put them together to, so that they can have something to call their own and a basic guideline to help them in the third dimension. Because some a- empaths, not all, but because but regular empaths, some of them are healthy, functioning empaths. But there's these super sensitive empaths that exhibit behaviors and symptoms that could be mimicked from a from a non-empathic world as ADHD, schizophrenia, uh, all these labels can be applicable to super sensitive empaths when they're just really having experiences with beings that affect telepathy, affect sight. And so we've created a situation with the help of uh, the ones that work with us to bring science together so that we could bridge uh, a situation that shows physics and metaphysics create solution. And when you separate them, you are separating the mystery. You are not finding the answer. So right. um, I'm going to ask you guys a question that I usually ask most of my guests. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you communicate with beings out there and tell people about the truth about their own nature, right? Like, you know, I obviously I always say that that question's always in jest, but like, you know, good for you really is the point that to to bring this to the public awareness. Yeah. And then we all need to do more of that to realize that we all have abilities, mm. some sort of psychic ability everybody has, I right. think. Some much more than others for sure. Um, right. that that get messages. I mean, you know, this whole movement, I share the story that I, when I started this after I went to Sedona, um, I had this very vivid dream and the letters of the word faith were very mm. clear in my vision in the dream. And there was a, a decimal point after each one. There were capital letters and they were very bright. And I don't hear voices whether I'm dreaming or whether I'm 
uh, awake, I just get this sense of the com- like a telepathic communication. Mm-hmm. And that communication was very clear to me. It was that faith means fostering awareness in the heart. Mm. And then that was a message that I was mm. given to go share with people. Mm. So I do I that love whatever I, love I can. It. And, you know, for people out there that still are thinking like, what the heck are these people talking about? I don't get it. Um, all right. So think about Star Wars. Right, so empaths are kind of the Jedi's of our world. I love it, and the Force is a, is a real thing. Yes. It, it is, um, and I, there are many people that believe George Lucas, you know, was sort of delivered a lot of the messages about that, about that, about those stories mm-hmm. from ancient knowledge, mm-hmm. and that it was sort of a telepathic thing that he's bringing back to the public conscious. That hey, these are these are the types of things that are real in nature and in the universe, and we should pay attention to them. Right. And right. so the force is real. I'm not going to I'm not saying that if you sit there and meditate for 3 weeks you're going to be able to lift an F- X-wing fighter right. Right. like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> right. But you might have some sort of gifts that you're not really paying attention to that you don't realize. That's, that's a good well, point. Well, true. And, and to point. add to that, if we continue to bridge science with it, you will be able sure. to lift that rock in no time at sure. all. Sure. Well, that's the thing is science has proven to us and you guys will like this and I'm sure you're aware of it that everything this table these microphones these headphones are made of 99.9999 percent energy mm-hmm. quantum physics has proven that now mm-hmm. right so what ancient mystics have been saying for thousands of years is true we're all connected mm. we right. all know enough about energy to know that energy connects with other energy right so if anything everything's energy then isn't everything actually really connected yes mm. And then if everything's connected, can't we tap into knowledge and things and other beings and other dimensions that have that can share things with us. Yes, indeed. So that's sort of the analytical way to break it down for people out there that still aren't getting it of like, how is this even possible? I I was told not to believe this. It's scary and it's dangerous. And yes, in the wrong hands with a being that wants to use these things for bad purposes, of course it's dangerous, just like the dark side, right? Exactly. (laughs) That's real too. (laughs) Those are the people that need to see evidence. Sure. You know, so... Um, and there is evidence if there you is. look for it. If yep. you, again, I talked about past life regression. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are several accounts of people recounting that speak different languages right. while mm-hmm. they're under, um, while they're being regressed. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are people that, that come up with historical facts that they have no knowledge of in their life, but they recount them perfectly. Right. So where does that come from? Isn't that some sort of evidence that this stuff is real? Absolutely. I mean, even when you look at uh, Tesla and the information he was gathering was also similar to channeling and working with other beings. And I might just add a little something. And Einstein. And Einstein. These are all people. And he was very open about how spiritual he was and how Mm. much he believed in God and science. Yes. He thought it was all the same. And that's what you guys are doing. and, And that's what I love because to me it is all the same. It's just different words and different perspectives. To describe the same thing. Well, well, we call it is. we call it faith-based evidence. Hmm. So we'll get guidance for something, and it might seem outlandish, but I'm telling you, we get the evidence for it yeah. in a short time. Right. We document it. Yeah, we, we document everything. All the we conversations get. we have. Yeah, we do. sort of like Edgar Casey did. Yeah. That's right. right. So for That's those right. that don't know, Edgar Casey was early 20th century. He had these incredible psychic abilities where without any medical training, 
he was able to perfectly diagnose illnesses in thousands of people mm. remotely most of the time. Mm. And he was never wrong. He was wrong once out of oh, 20. I'm only telling you this because it's so interesting. He did about 25,000 readings. I'm off maybe by a few, but yeah, it was close. He to was for sure. wrong once and it was, he mistook a twin for a, for a twin brother. Oh my God. That was the only mistake he ever made. So reading about Edgar Casey actually really helped me. Yeah, me too. Because he was a Christian and yes. he was also a psychic. Yes. So I really related to that. Did you read his biography There is a River? I actually no, I don't think uh, I. Oh, so there's no, a 20-page philosophy at the end at one point in his life. This benefactor hired him to ask instead of medical diagnoses he wanted to ask him all the big questions about life who we are where we mm. came from what we're doing and it's all in this 20 page segment and when i read that i thought wow finally there's i've heard the truth about the biggest questions in life that mm. was the feeling i had yes he had some incredible abilities yeah um, he was he was amazing um, and, you know, uh, you know, believe that was told in trance that the ancient scrolls of Atlantis are in the Sphinx paw, but they won't let them check that out to find course, out if that's true. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always people want that, want to protect, the that want to protect the truth, right? Big that's institutions, right. governments, well, churches. Once, once you unravel a thread of the truth, they're afraid that the, the whole thing will start. So they're going to try to protect it as much as they can. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Let's see, where do we want to go next from here? I, I just want to give a mention back to the lighthouse about the faith-based evidence that you, you touched on, Hall. Yes. When we, when we first got together, and it was uh, Holly and I, and we were getting guidance, um, we were instructed to do a faith-based evidence, and they would say, test the theory, which meant to write down the things we were getting and then watch them unfold. Mm -hmm. And it, it actually is the way that our organization came together because uh, we had gotten together and one of the channels that we were hearing was that there is a person that we're going to come in contact with that they want, that they've been working with behind the scenes. Like this person doesn't even know it. And that this person has a technology that can... Uh, heal uh, various ailments in the world right. to the point of getting rid of chemotherapy mm -hmm. and putting in a, a, a technology that would help people in stage four cancer. <clears throat> now, as we heard this, we were saying, okay, and we're going to meet this person and he's going to join us. And not even <laughs> two weeks later, I'm sitting at my table, the cards, and in walks this woman and I read her and through the reading, I realized she's there asking questions about her husband. And the type of questions she's asking made me think about the information we had just received. And I said, I have to meet your husband. Is there any way you can bring him in? So she brought him, made a phone call. He showed up very quickly. And then as I'm reading him, I realized this is the person, because of what he disclosed to me, was exactly the technology that we had heard about. Wow. And he is with us to this day. I just want to add <clears throat> to, to something that you left out. Yeah. Um, we were told not just about curing of cancer, but we were told about life extension and organ replacement. Life extension going at first to 120 years, and then the human can live to 200 years and even more. So this technology is real, and uh, this is what 
um, are uh, he's he prefers to remain anonymous at this juncture, but um, this is the type of technology that he is working on right now. And I might add to that too that yes, they had told us this, and in fact, yes, this technology has potentials for amazing things. However, the guides also said that it was conditional, that humanity would never be able to access this unless they could evolve. Evolve right. out of homelessness, poverty, suffering. Racism. Yeah. Racism. Sure. Uh, all these isms in the world. Because to truly have peace on the planet, you have to minimize and denote suffering. You have to set the platform. Yeah. And so we were very underdeveloped as a species. And we were far back in time. We were not in a good timeline. Right. And so here we're witnessing just two psychics, you know, nobody, we don't, they tell us things and we don't have the resource. We're like, how right. are we going to do this? Right. And the man pops into our life. And so he joins us. And then that's how our company has, our organization has grown. It's always been test the theory. And they would even tell us things that would happen in a world stage. Yeah. And it was amazing watching it. They even would say things which they would say before the children of light can be unified and grow, there's certain things that have to be dealt with and or people. Do you want to share that story with them? Do you want me to tell yeah. them? Okay. Do you want to? Yeah, we want to do that. Let me jump in <clears throat> for a second, okay. though. So intuition is a big part of this, right? And of course. so people learning to... Uh, turn off the analytical side of their brains and turn on the intuitive side of the mm -hmm. brains is a big part of waking up and realizing the gifts that you have and all that stuff. Um, and when you hear stuff like what you just said, people can be like, well, that, that, that's crap. Mm -hmm. But I'll share a story that um, I know another person who's got psychic abilities that told me a very similar story about this technology of healing and really? thinks that it's connected all the way back to the resurrection of Jesus right. and that that technology is ready to be brought back to humanity but again like you said only when we're ready for it and we know that it'll be used for good purposes right. that's so <laughs> because it's true. a powerful technology if it is true well, uh, and by the way this other person this is a really cool thing about independent uh confirmation from two different sources this same person who's been on the podcast david shock uh, was at the newport tower which is where i met him and that's where you know we met through that basically because of scott walter now, he's been telling me for years that he thinks that it's a time travel portal. Mm -hmm. And then I was recently told that you, Sarah, had the same <laughs> intuition independently without meeting each other, even though you were there on the same day without talking to each other, came to the same conclusion that that was the feeling that you got. Yes. And again, to think about a concept like that is really big. Well, how could that be real and how could that mm. be true? Uh, and so your analytical brain starts to go, what? Well, bonkers right right but you have to sort of let that go and, and you know i like to turn that question around well what if it were true what would that look like and how, what would that mean and and you know those types of things and then just to bring it down to a much more basic example of the same thing that you guys are talking about when i was 18 years old i applied all to all colleges in the northeast i applied to one college that wasn't here it was pepperdine university in malibu california i got accepted there i decided to go my oldest brother was living there I was very much a mama's boy in a homebody at that time. It was not my nature to go do this. I had never been to California wow. before. The day I was leaving, I got started getting the shower, and I was like having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. What the heck am I doing? Yeah. Am I nuts to do this? This is crazy. 
At that exact moment, I turned on the radio, which was always my custom at that time, and the very first song that came on the radio was Led Zeppelin, Going to California. <laughs> and I stopped, and I looked up, and I was like, I, guess I don't going. know <laughs> who did that or what did that, right. but I hear you, and I'm going. Yep. Let's just be clear about that. I'm not yeah. going to fight whatever that is. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, again, at that time, even <laughs> in my family, we didn't talk about that stuff. We didn't know anything about that stuff. I didn't share that story with anybody until many, many years later because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. But again, it was something that I was there. Mm. I yes. saw it happen. That's right. <laughs> I know it happened. Right. Mm. So people can choose to believe me or not believe me. Mm -hmm. That's their choice. Right. Mm -hmm. I know what happened. Exactly. Yeah. And so... Maybe it is possible that these types of things that you guys are talking about are true. And I think what you were getting into is you wanted Jason to share a story about, was it about the Twin Tower story? Or is there another story that you wanted Oh, to share? it was something else. And I, I'll tell you about, you know, skepticism. I was actually a skeptic. Sure. Well, with your background, you'd have it, to be, I, right? I was. So it was <laughs> just so interesting. So I really needed the evidence myself. And it was so compelling um, and it's been so compelling all along that it, it really is real. But the story I want to share— And if you convince yourself that it's not real, you'll only find evidence for that. Unless you open your right. mind up to the possibility and say, well, what if I considered it could be real? Right. Mm -hmm. The evidence will show up, and I yeah. think that's the part that scares people. They don't want it to be real. Like, mm. well, then I have to rethink everything. That's right. Everything I've been taught is, is, is a lie. Yeah, most and of it. That's devastating, yeah. you know, when you really yeah. think well, about we've it. We've all been through that, so yeah. we know. We know. <laughs> so just a quick story. Do you want me to share it, Jason? Sure, uh, so know. when we first <laughs> there's so he, many. He looks nervous because <laughs> he's not sure what she's going to say. But <laughs> well, you're okay. a psychic. Don't you know what <laughs> she's going to say? <laughs> you would think so. Aren't these you the things that people so. say to you all the time? <laughs> yeah. Don't you know everything? You're psychic. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work yeah. that way, guys. No. No. We, <laughs> there's a responsibility. Yeah. And you only get certain messages, not everything. That's right. We do have telepathy with each other, which. It's kind of funny, but the story is when we first start, uh, got together and we're getting these messages about starting a lighthouse, our guide said, hold on a little bit because the Pope is blocking the progress for the children of light. And this was early in February of 2013. It was actually mid-February. So not Pope Francis. Well, no, it was Pope Benedict. They kept talking about the Pope. We need to visit the Pope, they said. Mm-hmm. Well, within two weeks, you know, the story, February 28th of that year, he stepped down. A pope had never done that before. Wow. So that was pretty incredible guidance. And evidence for you. Yes, that, evidence. That you getting, Thank you. That, that was the right word. That you were getting yeah. communication that was meaningful and valuable and correct. Yes, yes. Very, very, yeah. And and now this new pope is a, is completely different than any pope yes. I've ever experienced yes. or learned about. Yes. I mean, he just seems... From minute one to me, I was like, oh, my God, I think this guy gets it. Yes. And yes. that was a, a different feeling about a pope, a, a Roman Catholic, the Roman Catholic pope, obviously, we're talking about. Um, he knows that the Christianity is about love. I mean, that's the thing that, that, that bothers me a lot about modern Christians is that, you know, they don't really listen to the stuff that Jesus, I quote, know. unquote, taught. You know, know, love your enemy. Yes. Right. Including the people you don't like. Love them, too. That's the message. Try yes. to help them if yes. you can. Right. You and, know. and, you know, mm -hmm. if not, at least don't hurt them and don't well, be right. dragged down into whatever they're caught up in. 
mm-hmm. you know, right? Mm-hmm. So, ju- you know, and that's what philosophy is about. And I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, guys. Relax. But it's about, <laughs> it's about choosing that we have the uh, choice to choose how we want to be and how we want to say. If we want a kind world, then we should be kind to everybody. Right. Even and especially the people that we think don't deserve it. Wow. That's right. So if True. you want a kind that's world, right. that's the only way it works. If you yeah. want a tolerant world, that's the only way it works. You can't go preach tolerance and then say, well, I don't like the way that person thinks, so we should get rid of them. That's what? right. That's the thought that leads eventually to genocide. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a good path to go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we, we were taught each one reach one and to view each. E- we were taught each one reach one and to view each person as because everyone has a god spark in them just like you said michael just like you had said earlier so therefore i mean the animals do too but therefore uh every person you meet is a mirror of self doesn't matter what they look like where they come from what they have it's it's a mirror of the god spark so when you are responsible for other people you have a corporation or a company it's like you you know you the mindset on the people is kindness right right and um that's the way to bring back peace so you were given some guidance at one point that that led you to predict the fall of the twin towers can you tell the, just briefly a little bit about that so that people sort of understand how this works further from a from an event that they're very familiar with yes um there was an article, the Worcester Magazine, I was uh, doing readings on Highland Street in Worcester, and there was, um, I was writing for their, their column, and there was an article they wanted to do, an interview on predictions for the new year. And I think it was 1999, January edition, and uh, they just asked me 10 predictions that I saw. And one of those predictions... Um, I had saw the buildings in New York, and I had saw uh, them falling, and I also saw that there was an individual, I, d- I didn't know their name or anything, but a person from that region, uh, from the Middle East, that was uh, rising to power, and weird things like that. I'm, I know I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember the exact quotes. Um, I also went on to mention in that article that there, that Worcester would be rivaling Boston in 10 years or so in reference to life sciences and biology sciences. Hmm. And so in time, um, the Twin Towers did fall, and there is a life science building in Worcester now, and they're working on major advancements. But I don't know. So you never know. Yeah, what, you what never you're know what see. messages you're going to. I mean, and that happens a lot to us, right? Like, even when I got that faith message, well, I don't know what to do with that except to mm-hmm. start sharing it and see what happens. You know, we don't, just because we have psychic abilities and you guys right. have very strong ones, doesn't mean you know mm-hmm. what all the information is to be used for. You just put yourself in a place where you're in the light as, as we talk about here. And right. again, that's, that's right. the, you know, choosing good or bad. Yes. Um, and, and then you see what happens and we don't always know. We're not privy to... Uh, the the me- why we get the messages That's we right. just get the messages and then we go along and then eventually we look back later and figure out why we got those messages mm-hmm. and how, how they affected us mm-hmm. and how they affected others mm-hmm. so true well we can only do um, our best in in our given circumstances 
you know, because sure. we only have, you know, we're in this human body, right? right. Um, and so we just surrender the rest. It's a very weird place, <laughs> isn't it? Especially it is. for the empath. <laughs> yeah. I feel that, uh, you know, all the time that, that uh, it's just so weird to be human sometimes, right? It yep, is. It is. Um, hmm. Julie, you're over there very interested. Uh, you, <laughs> I know this is sort of outside of stuff that you normally visit and talk about. Where, where are you at on this? Uh, you look fascinated. I'm totally fascinated. And um, I just want to do a quote from my favorite movie. When I, when I think about, uh, you talk about the children and how they're children of light and they yeah. have powers or they have thoughts and things they can't explain and i just want to say you're a wizard harry <laughs> absolutely that's right that's when, i love it <laughs> yes when yes. harry turns 11 and hagrid says to him have you ever noticed you can make things happen yes and that's then right. like his eyes widen and it's like wow yeah i do know i'm different right mm -hmm. and then do you it's a great point and do you ever think about why star wars and why harry potter have become so popular yeah because it touches a part of maybe some ancient memories yeah. in people that they do know that on some level this stuff is real and they want to believe it's real too yeah, yeah. right and, and maybe I mean, you know i think we've all been sort of that are doing this type of work and then have these kind of gifts have all been sort of given the guidance that hey the time is coming now where people are going to wake mm -hmm. up and realize yes. what the truth is about all of this stuff right. that's true so that we can act accordingly i mean that again part of my whole mission is like let's tell the truth to each other let's find out what the truth is so that we can act accordingly from there whatever right. the truth is right i'm not looking for a specific truth like many people do with religions or governments mm -hmm. or whatever right i'm just looking for the truth so that we can go okay if that's all true, whatever it is, whether it's aliens or psychic abilities or whatever, right. it doesn't matter. Let's find out what it is so we know what the heck we're doing here and we can do our best, as you talked about. Yeah. To do yeah. our best. You know, uh, the, the, the point about the Harry Potter school was, uh, was interesting, too. So, sorry, Julie has another question. Yes. Oh, but go ahead. You were going to say something oh, about Harry. No, <laughs> just that, 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 that uh, about Harry was that uh, in that movie, it projected a scene where these children were supported. These gifts were cultivated. Right. They were supported. Yeah. Right. And this is what the Lighthouse's mission, at least yeah. one of mm. our pillars, <laughs> is to establish these camps that can lead into brick and mortar, that can have an institution that stands the test of time for the children of light. There are so many other places for other children, but there's nothing for Harry Potter. And right. this is why... How will you be able to distinguish, though, those kids who come to your camp or whose parents want to send them? And you, maybe they're really not empaths, but they're enamored with the Hogwarts feeling of your camp. Well, this is this is true, but there's there's some protocol that we have been given that identifies these children not only on a uh, metaphysical level, but even the way they stand, the way they mm. they can we can read their body languages uh, that separate them from other children and their energy field mm. and their yeah. energy. And my my question, my my last question is, how stati statistically how common or how rare? Um, our, our empaths, is it, you know, one in every thousand person has it, or is it more common than that? Can you put some number to understanding? Um, it's, it's, do you want to answer? Well, 
we're going to compete for answering your question. I think, you know, it's probably less common in adults than it is with children. I, I think for us as adults, it might be one in 15 or one in 20, something like that. It could be even less. But with the children coming in now, because the earth is going through this transition, uh, the earth needs help. Humanity needs help. So these kids are incarnating with these amazing abilities. So, uh, I mean, it might be one in 10. Yeah, I think you said it right. The earth doesn't need help. Earth's going to be fine. Right. We're, we're, we're the ones that are in trouble if, <laughs> we, don't, if we don't change isn't the way we're doing things. is the truth? Things. Well, right, right. That's right. Yeah. And, and we can bring back and, 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 and uh, well, to answer that, yeah, uh, they're incarnating more on the planet now. So there's a lot more children now. They're probably in most households. And, you know, a lot of families don't know what to do with their children. They, right. You you know, know. And I've seen that in my own family. And that's how we got to this was that I saw I knew this when I read that thing that that I knew which kids were empathic because mm. I saw the, the traits. Yeah. Mm. So I started to tell their parents and re- tell, try to explain to them that the acting out that they're seeing is somewhat normal mm. childlike acting out. But uh, this type is going well beyond that. And it's severe because there's other stuff going on here. They're feeling and processing energies that they have no idea how to what to do with. And if somebody doesn't tell them that this is happening and that it's okay and it's quote unquote normal for right. them, right. Yeah. then they can go off and be really destructive. Oh, sure. And to themselves and to Definitely. others. Definitely. To soothe those feelings. Yeah. You know, yeah we, or just to know. act out like a kid does, but it act out where you can't, you know, any kid doesn't know how to deal with their feelings at some level, right? Yeah. But That's on, right. for an empath, it's just right. exponential. It's multiplied. It, it, it's you very hard so on right. the parents, too, because they, they, they're sitting with their child and they don't know how to help them. There's a lot of factors that are missing. Um, so we hope to bridge that world together to give the parents and give a curriculum to even the mainstream uh, doctors and things so that when they're meeting these children, they have the protocol that they can refer to to say, oh, wait a minute, this one is uh, sitting a certain way, acting a certain way. This one might be a child of light. So I'm not going to prescribe this or that. I'm going to refer them to a different type of modality right. that can help right. them. To Meta Lighthouse. Or, yeah. or or some sub, sub some or somebody else that's doing something similar. Yes, right. Um, we yeah. we don't have a program in place right now for kids. Um, we just don't have the funding, but we we have been running empath support programs for adults. And what we're finding in these empath groups is they have kids mm. almost. All of the people who are coming to the groups have kids who are gifted. Oh, yeah. And so, and, and sometimes those are the reasons why they've found us is because of their children. Right. So uh, and, we and, really look forward to And that's a, a great thing because those people are realizing that they're different and that their kids are different. But the more difficult, or the more complicated situation I would imagine is those parents that are still stuck amongst the societal lies that we've all been told and right. resisting that this stuff could even be possible. Right. And so how do we find those people and educate them? And, you know, this conversation is part of that. Sure. But what right. else, you know, what else can be done to educate people that, hey, there's different stuff going on here that we weren't told about and it's okay. Right. But we should pay attention to it because there are kids' lives at stake and the future of humanity on some level is at stake that we get that we identify these kids and cultivate them 
for good purposes. For, for fantastic purposes right. in this world. So one of our goals for the empath support group is, well, first of all, we use an eight-step program. And uh, so we, we meet every week, and every other week we, we take a step. And the steps lead you towards illumination. And without going into the steps, um, what we want to do is gather testimonials from the participants who have completed the program to ask them how the steps have helped them in their lives. So right. if we gather enough testimonials, we want to we have want to have a nice chunk of data that we can present to mental health professionals and say, look, this is not a mental illness. This is real, and we know we can help these people who right. are, who are super sensitive with yeah. a program that is free of you know pharmaceuticals and the need for therapy even. Right. And, and, and furthermore, to add to that, we, we also, with our sciences, eventually want to get into the area of, because we were told that the actual, there's a psychic gene, that this is, this is some of this empath stuff is on a cellular level, sure. and we want to be able to isolate that, identify that, and work with that, right. um, because these are the ways to lead us back to Atlantis and to the technologies that once were. But we have to right. be in the position of doing the utmost good and the utmost responsibility because the truth is we're looking at remnants of ourselves from not doing a good job. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that because mm. I wanted to ask you about that. I just mm -hmm. read this fantastic book called The Atlantis Legacy. Uh, and it's all about that, that we're now living in what's called an ascension cycle, which is what was happening in Atlantis. But the technology, the technology. Uh, was taken by a small group, yeah. and and at that time, apparently, beings had all they knew about all these powers. They used them to manifest things. There were everybody lived in harmony. Everybody mm -hmm. had what they needed. Yep. They but they knew they had to do this ascension cycle thing, and so this small group said, "Well, give us all your powers, and we'll on behalf of the group will." ascend the we'll ascend the earth and we'll go into the next dimension and we'll all grow spiritually together and of course they used it for their own uh purposes and it went badly and there was a giant uh technological cataclysm where they directed all this energy at the sun and then when it bounced back at us it literally turned the earth off its axes at that point and turned it sideways which is the earth that we now live on and now we're repeating this ascension cycle. Um, and so that was another thing that I read. You read that, you know, most people read that and their minds are blown. My sister uh, gave me that book and she's like, doesn't this blow your mind? I'm like, actually, weirdly, it doesn't. Mm. It's it like, makes sense. It makes yeah. perfect sense yeah. to me. Mm -hmm. now, it, it actually makes more sense than most things I've heard or sure. read. Sure. <laughs> people wonder why are there pyramids all over the earth? I mean, they're finding pyramids in the ocean and in the jungles. Right. I mean, right. these are power centers. And, yeah, and yeah. Atlantean yeah. technology. And, and, and pointing right. where? Towards Orion and Aldebaran and the Pleiades. Yeah, well, I've said for, since I started this spiritual journey f about five years ago, um, uh, actually, I guess it was a little bit more than that, but really about five years really into it. Um, I Many times where I'm thinking about something or feeling something important, I go outside at night and I look up and there's Orion's belt. Mm. And I started to get this feeling of really? home. Yes. Oh, and I started awesome. to think like, 
even before I knew about this stuff, and I've seen, you know, plenty of Ancient Aliens episodes, obviously, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised that I'm into that stuff. And, <laughs> you know, some of it's played up for TV, but for sure. much of but it, it much of it is true. Yes. 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 Um, and that's one of the ones that they talk about it. But even before that, I, and that was, again, confirmation for me that, like, why do I keep having this weird feeling of home mm. when I look at Orion's belt? Mm. Um, and, you know, there you go. All of a sudden now people are talking about that, yeah. that the pyramids... Uh, Julie has another question, but Julie, your microphone is much lower than ours, so really yeah, speak up. Yeah, I think up. we're going to fix that in post. Oh, okay. Um, but for members of your audience like myself who are learning this for the first time, what is Orion's Belt, and what are the other two things that Jason said the pyramids point to? Uh, is this is that yeah, too so big? Yeah, so Orion's Belt, I'll, I'll answer the first one, and mm. then okay. I'll let you think sure. about mm. your answer for the second part. Orion's Belt is the, the three brightest stars in the constellation Orion. If you look at the situation of the pyramids on Giza and pyramids in South America and el elsewhere all over the world, they are in the exact same situation as Orion's Belt. That is to say, there are two big bright stars and one smaller star. Mm. And if you match them on top of each other, they perfectly align. Uh, and then Pleiades, you mentioned, and then I forget the other Al one. Aldebaran. So when you when you look at those three stars and you see the, um, he's pulling the bow and he's, Orion is, is the pointing. The hunter. The hunter is pointing. And what his bow is pointing towards is the eye of Aldebaran. It's the eye of Taurus. Ta Taurus, which is Aldebaran, which is a sun, and it's the black sun. And then the Pleiades are a little further to the right is another... A cluster of stars in this area is where the origins of we humanity so it's pointing us back to god and back to self and aldebaran is, is is such an advanced civilization of beings that try to assist us with growth with technologies and have been prior predating sumerian predating all of that um so the atlantean uh technologies are really uh, coming from that area, and which I, th is I think where the where ancient aliens misses to me on its biggest miss is that it talks about all these beings from other planets, and that we the missing link is possibly that we were seeded, that they were you know ape-like beings here, and they were seeded with consciousness, and that's how we evolved. Um, but what they really miss is that they talk about those people as if they're the gods. And, of mm. course, the monkey-like people, you know, lower-level beings would have thought that at the time. Right. But that's not, that's not the point. The point is that they miss that they think that, these, that God and those gods are mutually exclusive. Right. That's the way they pitch it on the show. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're not. No. Mm -hmm. Right. The, that can be true. And all the things that you believe about God also can be mm -hmm. true. That's mm -hmm. right. They're not mutually exclusive. Right. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. And, and I think that we all here, the three of us, agree, and, and Julie's processing as fast as she can. That, <laughs> Sorry, Julie. <laughs> that, 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 is, that, that is the truth. It is. That those beings are from God, too. That's right. How could they not be? That's right. If you exactly. believe in God, then God is anything. If you do believe in the big, mysterious everything, God. Everything and everywhere. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, in every universe, in every galaxy, right. everything, right? That's right. Yeah. And their interests, these beings, are to help us because we're part of them. We're just right. Well, that, we're like that's children what that, to that them. Atlantis book says, and again, I've heard this from several other psychics and mediums that I know that that they're watching us mm. and encouraging us, as you said, because we're 
in this interesting place on this planet where we're, we're like the key to the whole universe at this point in, we in are. universal very, history. Yeah. Very like if we, the, everybody's like, hey, maybe they'll Waiting. get it this time. Yes. Yes. Maybe they'll actually. Oh go God. humans, go <laughs> humans. <laughs> maybe they'll actually spiritually grow and they'll join <laughs> us. And that part of that, why we don't see these alien beings and other beings is that we were cut off for them after the Atlantis destruction that we needed That's to start over thing. again. Yeah. And before we had to get to us back to a certain point where before we could be reconnected with the galactic community that mm-hmm. we belong to. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is so, I love hearing what you just said because that is the absolute truth. We don't have to build rockets to fly. We don't have to go anywhere. We just have to build the civilization based on peace and kindness and helping to alleviate suffering on multiple levels. By doing that is inheriting the keys to the universe because it shows the evolutionary process that we are capable and ready to handle these technologies. And if that's not enough for you, and it's not something that you want to choose to believe in, isn't that the society that we want to build anyway? Even if that were not true. And I'm with you. I believe that it is. But there are many people out there that don't believe that. Isn't our job here, regardless of that or not, to build the most peaceful and kind and inclusive and harmonious society that we can? And by the way, we're not doing a great job. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's mm. why you guys are doing what you're right. doing. Because right. we all need to refocus ourselves on what the real mission is here. That's right. That's right. I and think there's a no lot of glory. Peop- a lot of people have just given up, I think, and they just accept what is. Mm, you sure. know, accept this um, divisive, um, unhealthy, um, sad place to live and it's it doesn't have to be this way and the truth of the matter is it's really simple and it's just about embracing love and kindness for your fellow man it's very simple to say it's not so simple to to do do, and that's why we do the work that we do yeah to encourage people that hey taking on this challenge is a very worthy challenge something we should all be taking on regardless of what you do for a career whether you have families this is something we can all do and all put our energy towards Mm. kindness inclusivity harmony all Mm -hmm. of those concepts by by doing that it only leads to to goodness and even if you don't want to believe that there are other beings or other things the mere thing to take a look at is that all of your actions create reactions karmically so the more you you have in your power of responsibility, the more karma you're either putting on yourself or you're alleviating your own suffering or you're bringing your own heaven. Right. For example, if you go out into the world and your options for food are all you know, like there's no care in the human development in these fast food restaurants, but they're changing, so I will say that. But if the owners of that knew the responsibility on their souls by putting out situations that are actually harming the development of health, Right. They have no idea that in the afterlife there's karma for that. Yeah. And see, well, that's what that's what the religions call, you know, um, you know, call hell or whatever. Right. 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 So why lead yourself there? Because if, for example, if I, you know, I always use this as as an example. The satanic Bible, right? His last words were, oh, God, what have I done? 
But the thing is, as long as that book is in the hands producing situations that might take a child of light to do things that they normally wouldn't be pleasing in the sight of something good, that person that created that is still in a state of not being able to burn their karma because there's more people coming in. Well, and I love what you said about karma because there's a lot of people out there that still don't believe in that too, right? And again, beliefs are a choice. We can choose to believe in gravity. We can choose to not believe in gravity. But choose to not believe in gravity and walk along a cliff and see what happens. <laughs> right? Right. right? So we have to be careful with our choices. And mm-hmm. what I always say, you know, we live in a world, especially right now, where it's like, ha ha, gotcha. Right. You know, somebody yeah. did or said something. <laughs> right. And we got to go get them. Uh, yeah. And what I always say, especially when somebody does something horrible, I stop myself and I say, you know what? Guess what? Karma is undefeated mm. and does not forget. No. Karma will deal with that person. That's we right. don't have to be the purveyors of justice. Natural law itself, and that was in the, the, the Casey philosophy, was that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, is not man's law or God's law. It's natural law. <laughs> it's the very existence of the universe. You mm-hmm. have to pay back those debts mm-hmm. before you can get back on the train with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the train can't leave until everybody's on it. Right. So we are all in this together, really whether are. we like it or not. And we need to start to reach out to each other yes. and, and uh, talk to people that we differ with because we need everybody to get on that train if we ever want to get if we ever want to get home, yes. for, to use the re- yes. religious term of, you know, every religion. One thing I learned at Pepperdine, although it was a Christian school, I took an Eastern religion class. And it hit me like this giant epiphany one day in class. And the thought was, oh, my God, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. There's just different rules. Mm-hmm. But each religion, in its core, it talks about some version of salvation, mm-hmm. going home, mm-hmm. going back to where we came from. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what it's all about. How do we get back to where we came from? This physical life we know doesn't last. So what is the purpose of it? Well, many believe that the purpose is to learn those lessons so that we can spiritually go home one day Mm. to where we all came from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. And live in peace and harmony in eternity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, again, these are very hard concepts for the human brain to analyze and comprehend. And that's why we need to listen to our intuition. And like I said, faith is fostering awareness in the heart, not in your head. I love that. Mm. Isn't that the the truth? The real intelligence comes from our hearts Mm. and our intuition and our soul, not from our monkey brains. They're (laughs) They're great computers. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, they have a lot of apps, and they're really flashy, and they crash. <laughs> they crash often. <laughs> right? Especially if you don't turn them off, just like your computer. Yeah, it right. crashes, right? So true. Uh, that's what, you know, when people, uh, you know, I, I don't get into politics, but one thing I'll say about our current president is I don't think he turns his brain off enough so that it can get rest and that he can, you know, speak clearly and mm. from a better place. Oh, <laughs> and gosh. I wish he did more. That's, yeah. that's yeah. all I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah. We don't do politics or religion no. either. Yeah. No. Well, it's, it's, it's again, just too it's divisive. Too divisive right? it so really, I talk really about is. it philosophically. Yeah. yeah. Right? From, yeah. A, from yeah. A, not a place of one person or another person. That's right. why I don't say certain names or whatever. It's like, you know, philosophically, the, there's something to be learned from religions and politics and the, yes. the things that we do in a. If you guys have time, I'll show you the pilot episode of my TV show afterwards, That'd and you'll great. see you'll see my take on what the current status of news is. I did a great pa- <laughs> what I think is a great parody sketch. I'm sure it's great <laughs> on uh, on what what quote unquote news networks do, which is just divide us. 
and yeah. pit us against each other. And for one purpose, a very simple purpose, it's just to make money. And yeah. you know what? That's okay. But we're the ones in control. Mm-hmm. Government for the people, by the people, is us. Mm. We have to learn our own gifts and our own power so that we can take control back from the people that we've handed it over to, mm-hmm. like these news networks that program us to hate each other. Well, it's mm-hmm. true, but back to the karma, if these people at those positions really knew what they were doing to their own mortal souls, they yeah, might they choose would. to do something better with the revenues that come in. Correct. Even if you want to do division, build something that is going to be inclusive. It's one thing to not let the right hand know what the left hand's doing, but it's another thing when you're just in the left hand, you see, and you don't go right. Mm -hmm. So it's all about giving back and helping getting us all there. I don't want anybody left behind. Well, well, the thing is, and again, there are many people out there will say, I don't agree with that, and fine, that's your choice. Uh, My belief is that we can't leave anyone behind. We don't get to go wherever the heck we're going until we get everyone on board. Well, it's like... uh, And and I think, again, whether that's true mm -hmm. or not, what if we took that stance? Mm -hmm. What if everybody mattered? They do. Even the I I, I agree. But what if we took that stance that everybody mattered and there are no throwaways? And that Mm -hmm. everybody, there's nobody that's beyond rehabilitation Mm -hmm. on a a human level or on a soul level. That's true. What if we took that stance? How different would this place be? Right. Even huh. if you treated the homeless like you treated your own dog. I mean, people treat their dogs very, they very well. Do. But the way yeah. homelessness is treated in oh, this country sure. is a travesty. And yeah, it, and it's dogs suffering. are their babies. Right. Homeless people are, are just throwaways. Really, yeah. Throwaways when they're Bizarre. actually a god spark in that child. And you hear people say, oh, well, they should get a job. Uh, that person, if you gave them the job and you provided the platform, they probably couldn't do it because of mental issues and things that they're suffering internally. Right. You know, people are not having the compassion. And I say clean it up just because don't people care on an eyesore level? Why would you want to even walk by that in these major cities yeah. of San Francisco? Yeah. And Again, it comes down to us all taking responsibility for everything. That's how yeah. I started this. For me, I've told this story a thousand times on this podcast it was all that the boston marathon bombing that's what woke me up that's what really finally said okay i can't keep doing things the way i've been doing things we can't keep treating each other like this and people need to start taking a stance that this is not okay right and the homeless thing is just like that we need to take responsibility for it and say that it's not okay and that we're not okay with that in our society right we want to be better than that and we can fix it it's not even a non-fixical issue these things can be fixed these things can be solved and it wouldn't even take that much of an effort it's just unification and prioritizing yeah and eliminating suffering these are the keys that bring orion here to that show us the way we want to fly in ufos we want to go to mars we want to go to the moon well, why would God sanction any of that if we can't even take care of our own planet and we have suffering and people hurting each other? Yeah. I mean, so, we're, we're uh, at this point with the, the population out of control and the way we treat each other. We're like a plague on the planet. Oh, so why should we have keys to ex- elsewhere in the universe? Exactly. Until we learn how to not be a plague. Exactly. It's like, no, we don't <laughs> want that up in Orion. Yeah, you right. Guys stay <laughs> down there. <laughs> until, until you grow up until you and grow learn up. some respect. And then they'll, then they'll, that's the key to having things land. And So back to Orion and Aldebaran, I, oh, yeah. we did, I don't think we shared with you that that's where our guidance comes from. 
is okay. Aldebaran. Yeah. Um, and it's they usually are around giving um, their channeled guidance during times of transition between civilizations. So what we are witnessing right now is the collapse of a civilization. I mean, you look out into the world, and right. that's what we're seeing. Well, and this new year that just passed, 2020, um, and new decade, and all these crazy lunar yes. eclipses and full moons and all that is the actual beginning of the age of Aquarius. Yes. We're actually now in a new age, in a new era of humanity. Mm. We heard the song that came from the 60s that yeah. was the dawning of the age of Aquarius, mm. and now we're actually we're in, in that age. So, I know. So the it's question is so what are we going to do now yeah <laughs> if we continue we'll get to the gold age we'll get out of these degraded uh situations yeah yeah i i love what you say about not leaving anyone behind because it's really it's so true it's like we're all one body you know in the bible it says the body of christ well, that's humanity again back to energy if mm. everything's energy then aren't we mm. all connected and aren't we all part of the same thing ultimately mm -hmm. If you yeah. believe in God and everything came from God, then we're all God's children and we're all part of God and we are all the same thing that's in that right. context. That's right, and we're all worthy. I might add there are some that might be left behind, but that's by their own choice. You know, yeah. God, God can't reach those that fully make choices that they don't want to be part of that. Yeah. And those are some of the things that go on to keep this world from evolving and growing. And yeah. it leads back to those type of choices. Right. So there are some that might be unreachable or refuse to give up their viewpoint. Again, and, you with know. what you guys are doing, with what I'm doing, with all the philosophy stuff that I do, my concept is I've got to try my best and know yes. that I gave it a shot. That's if, right. it if it doesn't work, at least I can go, I tried. Yep. I did everything I could. Yep. And I think that that's a sort of a stance that I'd like to invite everybody to take, no matter what you do, is to try your best. Yes. Even if you think it might not work. I didn't know how to write a book. I wrote it. Right. That was largely mm -hmm. because of channeling, because right. I didn't actually write it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't know how to make a TV show. I just made a 20-minute pilot that I'm blown away at how good it is. <laughs> I, it's one of those things that I'm like, I'm awesome. No, I, I'm know, only kidding. No, I know. If, if you know me, you know that that's not. I'm much more on the self-critical side than, than the ego side. But, <laughs> but it's one of those things of like, wow. I did that. It's Actually, amazing. you I, can say I'm awesome. That's last, a really good thing right. to say. Well, last week I didn't even think that I could do that. Like not yeah. like not as good as I did it for sure. I knew I could do something, but until you try it, you don't know, and that's the whole point. So, um, yeah, try this journey, take these steps. So we're now at an hour and ten minutes. Isn't that mm. crazy? How fast <laughs> it that went? Wow, that's so, so fast. So um, the website is metalighthouse.org. Yes, that's M E T A lighthouse.org mm -hmm. uh, you guys are in Sturbridge you can also email um, Sarah and Jason at metalighthouse at gmail.com if you have any questions I'm sure there's lots of people out there that have hundreds of questions <laughs> <laughs> I hope so um, bring them on so. <laughs> and then uh, the empath group I've told you I want to go to this yeah. thing because yep. I never We'd love I to never have had, you. I never had anything like that. I never had it, an option like that to mm. go and sit around people that, that felt the way that I did. Yeah. Mm. Like I said, I spent my, spent my whole childhood trying to try and fit in and be normal, yep. knowing that on some level I was very different than all the other kids. Yep. Um, and like you said, if we can find and identify more kids and 
whether you know they're children of light that we want to bring them to do these great things for the world, that's great. How about they're just kids? Yeah, yes. and we should help them deal with what yes. this crazy thing that they're exactly. dealing with that they don't understand. Yeah, that's more important. Get them to, feeling well, healthy. It starts there, yeah. right? And then yeah. the God willing, they go. And on then to the do gifts will just things. come naturally. Sure, you know, but they've got to be healthy in mind, body, spirit first. Sure, and then they're going to do amazing things on their own. Sure. Yeah. So, any of your guides want to say anything to us before we uh, before we stop? And I feel like we could talk for hours, so we might have to do a follow up <laughs> to this. <laughs> I think so. Too. The one thing I'm sensing is they want to give you thanks for even having us here mm. to even be have able to promote mm-hmm. uh, and talk about these things. Uh, so that's great. They're grateful. I'm grateful, and um, you know we've been doing this for, for eight years. Julie. Yeah, the wonderful producer Julie Manugian. Thank you, Julie. Who is also the pleasure of one of my empathic uh, nephews. Uh, her, her, my sister is married to her brother. My ah. sister is married to her brother. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> their, their <laughs> eldest son is for sure an empath, uh-huh. and um, he just came out as as gay. Uh, when he's 16 he's now 17 and he has a very tough time dealing with his emotions and he hasn't found anything like this and this is why I do this work is to find people like you to help people like my nephew that like hey there's somebody out there's people out there that can help you deal with this Mm -hmm. first you have to realize and accept that this is that you aren't the same as everyone else right that's a big and that's okay yes and I think that whether people are empathic kids are empathic or not they should all have that message absolutely it's okay to be exactly who you are And not to say to go so far as some people have gone where, you know, parents are letting their kids choose their gender identity at the age of five. Like that's, I mean, come on, let them grow up a little bit and then choose who they are. Let them choose who they are. (laughs) Right. Uh, That's a whole other subject we won't get into. I probably shouldn't have even mentioned. But Angelina Jolie, for example. Yeah, right. Is she one of them? No, but but critics question whether she she. What's the word? Her child, Shiloh, critics question uh, whether she might have, uh, I'm trying to say it in a nice way, um, might have embraced her child's gender choices too soon. And yeah, to think, your point, yeah, in other I think words, I, you I, just I listen said to it. the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast a lot. He has a great line about that, which is, "We don't let kids choose their own food. Why would I we know. let them choose their own gender until mm. they're old enough?" Oh my goodness! <laughs> so people say exactly that about Angelina, <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah. that's not a surprise to hear. I, I, w- I want to add something about your sure. nephew uh, because the age when you when you said they were sixteen or seventeen, our empath group. Um, we're, we're starting to also notice that there's a lot of children, uh, 17, 19, mm-hmm. that, are, that are coming. And it's just such a joy to bear witness to these children opening themselves up and feeling safe in a safe environment and being supported by others that are there that are a lot older. Yeah. We have a sponsorship program that we're developing within there so that the olders can help the youngers. Right. Um, but th- th- these are the things we want to foster so that the children, because they're they're waking up so young that they need a place. And we, yeah. we, we, we started our first empath in, uh, where was the first one, Hall? In the Worcester In Worcester. Mm-hmm. Worcester, our second one is in is Sturbridge, and we're trying to branch out uh, and help other empaths build this with us. And it's a free program. This is free. Well, this is great work, and I really want to thank you guys for doing the work that you do um, for people like my nieces and nephews and for all kids out there that, like, you know, 
as you said, they're often identified as bad, quote-unquote, bad kids because they act out a lot. Yeah. But has anyone really identified the, the source of where their acting out comes yeah. from? And I think it has to do with a lot of this kind of stuff that we've talked about today. So mm -hmm. thanks for bringing this uh, conversation to the public consciousness. Thank you to your guides uh, that are trying to help us get all of this stuff. And uh, I hope that uh, I hope to be come to one of your empath support oh, groups. Oh, we'd love we'd to love have, to have you. you come yeah, in. we have a the lot of fun. The kids would love to meet you too. The <laughs> younger great. generation. And, and uh, I hope we get to do another one of these because I feel sure. like we can do a four-hour. Oh my episode goodness, easily. yes, there's so much <laughs> to talk about. We just scratched the surface. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll end it there. And uh, thank you so thank much. You. Thank again, you for having guys. us. It's great. Our pleasure. Okay, very quickly again, don't forget Zilosophy TV with Uncle Z and Friends. The pilot episode is now on the Zilosophy YouTube channel. And on March 21st, I'm going to be at the Tennessee State Museum in Nashville doing a talk on harmony for the general public. And I believe it's going to be a free thing. I'll confirm that on future episodes. As always, major thanks to my lovely producer, Julie Manugian. Couldn't do it without her. The podcast studio is courtesy of Lex Media. The theme song, Surf, by Captain Blackheart, my friends Dino Melito and Erwin Herseg, who, Erwin's down in Nashville, so I hope to see him when I'm down there. You can find Captain Blackheart on iTunes and Spotify. To find out more about me and Zilosophy, visit zilosophy.org. You can email me with any questions, comments, or suggested topics of discussion at info at zilosophy.org. Zilosophy on Golf is available on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. And I forgot to tag uh, the... Oh, no, I did tag it in the episode. But here it is again. If you want to hear more about Jason and Sarah, uh, you can go to metalighthouse.org. That's M-E-T-A, lighthouse.org. And you can email them if you want to get in touch with them at metalighthouse at gmail.com. That is it for this episode. We got lots more stuff coming soon. We got some great guests lined up. So stay tuned. <laughs>